The Church Fellowship of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut welcomes you to this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub. Today, we will begin the next sermon in the Heavenly Authority series. So let's join Bible teacher and author of the award-winning book, The Nature and Power of Prayer, Pastor Greg Scalzo. If you remember in Mark chapter 16, we studied in verse 15, this is after the resurrection, and he, Jesus, said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will, they will recover. And we saw these signs being demonstrated in the study of the apostles. Remember in Acts chapter 5 and verse 12, and through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And we read numerous cases in the book of Acts where there were healings and signs and miracles from the Lord. These signs will follow those who believe. They will cast out demons, speak with new tongues, take up serpents. Anything deadly they drink will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That word, these signs, comes from a Greek word that means a mark, uh, to indicate, an indication or a token. Signs, marks, tokens, miracles and wonders as signs of divine authority and power, distinguishing a person from others by having this supernatural endowment from God. And when we started the section on the gifts, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, we said that there was a threefold necessity for the gifts. And uh, reviewing that will help us understand better the section, which some people can find very confusing, uh, but it's helpful in our study of the prophet in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. God gives these gifts to believers, first of all, for the believer's individual walk with him, to strengthen us, to allow us to walk according to the principles of the kingdom of heaven and faith, to aid the believers so that we will not feel as an orphan, to guide us, to give us supernatural help when we need it. And in that sense, in that sense, so many of the gifts are available to all believers on this level of the help. And you think of how much we need sometimes that still small voice, the prophecy from the Lord. We need gifts of wisdom, gifts of knowledge. We need healings. We need, and we'll see why we need, the gift of tongues. So there are gifts given to believers for individual use for our walk in Jesus Christ. The second reason is for the profit of all, right? And we've studied this, for the edifying of the church, to build up the body of Christ, to give the church direction, guidance, supernatural help, 
so that it runs as a unified, perfect organism with Christ as the head giving direction. Those gifts are so important so that Jesus can work through his body, that the church might be Jesus in this world. And that leads into what we've been discussing as the different offices in the church. We looked at apostles, now we're looking at prophets. And here the, the distribution of the gifts for use in the church for ministry is more narrow. It's more specific. The call is more precise. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, Ephesians 4.13. And so he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, et cetera, et cetera. On the second level for the building of the church, the gifts are more specific, the offices are more specific, the call is more precise. And there's a third reason that the Holy Spirit distributes these gifts. The gift can be used by God as a sign. We just discussed the signs as a sign to the unbeliever to let them know that God is real, to let them know that there's more than just this material realm, to give testimony to the truth of what they're hearing when the gospel is being proclaimed by signs and wonders that are displayed by the apostles, by the prophets, by all believers to show the hand of God active and alive and real. And so through that, the church is also built as unbelievers then convert to Christ and become believers. So you have these three levels that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are working on. And with that background, let's go into 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and we'll see Paul's discussion uh, that throws light not only on the gift of prophecy, but also the gift of tongues uh, and the corresponding ministry offices of each, uh, and really gives us an outline for proper conduct of the gifts in the churches. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And as background, if you remember, because we've looked at chapter 11, we've looked at chapter 12, we've looked at chapter 13 over the months of the study. In chapter 11 and verse 18, when he starts this whole section, he says, for first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and in part I believe it. When you come together as a church, a church, ecclesia, an assembly, literally a calling out of. The Greeks would use the word uh, of a body of citizens gathered together, called out to discuss affairs of state. The Septuagint of the Old Testament used the Greek word to designate in the Old Testament for when the Hebrews said a gathering of Israel summoned for a definite purpose, ecclesia, an assembly, a church. So when you come together as a church, as an assembly, as a body, and that's what he's given direction here, how do you come together? How do you assemble yourselves? What is the proper things that should be done in the assembly, in the church. And then we went through the different spiritual gifts in chapter 12 and the offices and the unity and diversity in the one body. 
And we ended up in chapter 12 where it says in verse 31, but earnestly desire the best gifts. Okay, he talks about are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles. And obviously not. There are different offices, different positions. And then he says in verse 31 of chapter 12, but earnestly desire. Desire the best gifts. And yet I show you a more excellent way. And if you remember several months back in the study, we went through chapter 13, and we saw the proper motive and the goal of the gifts was agape, love, God's kind of love. We saw the proper perspective when you speak about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the offices of the Holy Spirit, that love must be the motivation, love must be the goal, God's kind of love. And so the gifts become tools to build this great spiritual house of God's love, the kingdom of God. Love fills the body and love makes the body alive. Agape, God's kind of love. And then you read in verse 13 of chapter 13, and now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. And then Paul goes on, having let them know the proper motive, because there they have the gifts. Remember, the church at Corinth lacked no spiritual gift, yet the motives weren't right. The goal was not right. They were getting into themselves, into individuals, and not seeing the purpose of these offices. But then in chapter 14, he goes back to saying, he says, pursue love, right? That's the goal, that's the motivation. And again, desire spiritual gifts. And somehow in the church in modern times, there seems to be a division. You know, those who focus on the gifts and those that say, well, we, we don't focus on that, we focus on the love of Christ. Well, really, they should be hand in hand. The motivation, the goal, the most important thing is the love of Jesus, but you're not going to accomplish very much if you don't have the gifts of the Holy Spirit to do it. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may, what? Prophesy, right? This is the importance of prophecy. This is one that Paul, anointed by the Holy Spirit, really felt that the church at Corinth needed to pray for that they would have this gift of prophecy in the church. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. And then he goes on uh, to talk about what's going on in the church. And from what he'll say, you'll see that a lot of the people are speaking in tongues. And it's creating a little bit of a disturbance in the church because they get together Obviously, they believe in the gifts of the Spirit. They're open up to the Holy Spirit. They feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, they start to speak in tongues, like the day of Pentecost. Problem is, in the assembly of the church, in that wonderful feeling in the Lord, it's creating an environment that very little can be learned and directed. So the church cannot go forward in the knowledge of God. And that's why he's telling them here, that you prophesy. He said, desire the spiritual gifts. By the way, that word desire in the Greek means eagerly desire, earnestly desire. We get the word zeal or zealous from it, to have a zeal, to be zealous for, zealous toward the gifts, especially prophecy. And in verse 2, he contrasts the prophecy to tongues. 
He says in verse 2, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Now, there's a lot in there, right there, that tells us the importance of the gift of tongues. Paul is not saying that the gift of tongues is not important. He's speaking about when you're gathered together in the assembly. And he says, for he who speaks in a tongue, which means that believers can speak in tongues. He doesn't say, if you're speaking in a tongue, you're delusional. If you're speaking in a tongue, you're demonic. He's not saying that, right? So modern Christian ministers who say, well, people that speak in tongues are delusional or it's from the devil are mistaken. What does Paul say? For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, right? This is from the Lord. It's a communication. You're communicating with God. You can rehear this message, as well as hundreds of other radio Bible teachings, on our website at shiarjashub.org. That's S-H-E-A-R hyphen J-A-S-H-U-B dot O-R-G. With the churches closed because of the coronavirus, Pastor Greg and Associate Pastor Francis David Scalzo have been live-streaming their Sunday messages at 10.30 a.m. on the new Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle YouTube channel. You can search for the channel on YouTube, or you can use the link we have placed on the shi'arjashub.org homepage. Please join us next time for Shi'ar Jashub.